eventual, you know, I need to not work for a team. It didn't come until the very end. Um, you know, I've said in a bunch of places or a bunch of you in different uh, platforms that actually is one of the biggest regrets that I have. Having seen the progress that I've been able to make since leaving three years ago, I'm almost upset with myself that the 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 big thing that I wanted, the carrot that was dangling in front of me, it required me to work for somebody else and to be told what to do and to operate in a hierarchy where, you know, I have a disability, which is I'm, I know more than everyone else. That's what I believe. <laughs> so it, it, I said it tongue in cheek, like Eric Coram is one of the five people that I can work for in sport. But really, I do, I do think that, you know, there's a reason I worked for Eric and it's because he's intelligent and I knew he would teach me and he would push me and all that kind of stuff. And I, I can't say that about many people um, in the field. But, you know, when it comes to the need to make money, it's just a coming together of a bunch of different things. Um, I think there are those key events in life that have a habit of leaving a mark on you. And if you time perfectly, like to the week, basically, congratulations, you're an adult now, join the workforce with the biggest recession to happen in almost a, a century. I can't remember what year you graduated. I graduated in 2008. So basically the world economy oh, nine. Was, I was a year after up, you blowing up in 2008. And naivety on my part, for sure. But I was like, of course, I'm going to get a job in professional sport. Like, I'm going to fucking, you know, just look at look at my degree. And it didn't happen. You know, I had three interviews off the bat, absolutely fucking bombed each one of them. So I'm kind of at a, and you know, with the job market as it was, I think I had one temp job that I got fired from. Um, this is going to shock you, but they complained about my sense of humor. Um, anyway. So by chance, I started working for myself as a personal trainer, always with a view to, well, I'm not going to be a personal trainer. I'm a, I'm a strength and conditioning coach in sport, and I'm just doing this until I get the opportunity. So I was never making plans in that regard. Um, but, you know, it was two years before I got an internship. So anyway, by the time I go down to do this full-time internship in London, it's the most expensive city in the country, completely unpaid. And there was just this natural transition. There were people that I'd been working with back home in person. I had been working with local rugby teams just to get my reps in. They're like, hey, you don't have enough experience in sport. I'm like, fuck you. Okay, I'm going to volunteer for this team, this team, this team. And I was literally doing that. So I'd trained with a bunch of players from those teams, some of them guys that I played with. And as I moved away, a bunch of them, they took pity on me and they're like, hey, you know, I want to keep paying you for programs. So that was it wasn't called rugby strength coach at the time. We can talk about that, but you know, 2010, that's when I first started to do that kind of stuff. And I did not have a clue. I don't feel like I have a clue now. I really didn't have a clue then, uh, but it just kind of evolved from, from there. And you know, that's 2010. Now I almost got lucky in my regard, in my in that regard, sorry, in my career, because you know, 2010 first year unpaid, you're, you're almost small and unimportant enough not to cause problems. So you're insulated from politics and all that kind of stuff. No problem. 2011, pretty much the same case. 2012, I got a promotion to head of academy. Uh, so I ran 100 athletes below the first team. And that's quite a distraction when you're 26, 27. You're, like, you're probably going to shut up and enjoy your job. And as well, 
even in professional teams, if you're in the academy system, you're a second class citizen. So no politics then. I moved to Australia and I got the best job of my career. So very quickly, now there was, there was a bad job thrown in, which I don't need to talk about, but that was when I started working with Argentina. So you're getting to work with a top tier international team three years into your career. You get to fly all over the world. You get to do these training camps. You get to be on TV. You get to train XYZ athlete. And because they've paid so much money to Exos, you could say that, you know, the sun was a light bulb and they'd be like, what wattage? You know, you could fucking say whatever you want. And they'd be like, yeah, we're doing it. Best, best team ever. So really, I didn't have to eat too much shit until I got to Japan. Taking a quick break from the show to tell you about our deal we have going on right now in December. If you sign up for Fundamentals Level 1, you will get one free year at Strength Coach Network. That's right. Sign up for Fundamentals, our 20-hour long-form education course that has information on every topic in strength and conditioning that will make you a better strength coach, regardless of the field that you're in. Not only if you're a strength coach, personal trainer, athletic trainer, physio, this is for you because all the education about progressions, regressions, motor learning, speed, agility, jumps, you name it, we have information in it. So sign up for Fundamentals, get a free year at Strength Coach Network. Click the link down below. Let's get back to the show. And then I was like, fuck this. To give you an idea about Japanese rugby, there was a guy that they had signed. He'd won everything, literally everything in rugby, including super rugby. He'd just won it. He came to Japan. Uh, he was being paid, I think, $75,000 a month, which is, it's not American money, but it's nothing to sniff at. And a Japanese coach in his second year of coaching ever tried to teach this guy how to pass and catch. That's the level of idiocy that you deal with over there constantly being told, you know, this is not good enough. This is not good enough, blah, blah, blah. Basically being told how to do my job by people that don't have a fraction of my experience or uh, qualification. And that's when I started to get to the, you know, fuck this. Like I'm going to get myself to the point where if, when, when I quit or get fired, I'm not going to feel it. And I actually, you know, I'm sure they would have, I told my agent into year two of a two-year contract i said do not renegotiate this deal i'm i do not want to do this anymore that was when i'd kind of been like i've been to the world cup i've gone to work in japan i've done everything i wanted to do in rugby within reason i'm still not happy fuck you know i'm gonna go work in the nfl i'm gonna prove to everyone that i'm the best in the world then i'll be super happy and everything will be okay so kick the can down the road now i'm gonna chase that and then once you get into the american college system if that doesn't put you off working for other people <laughs> i don't know what will it is uh, there are lots of people within the american collegiate system who i love and i've loved working with it is a poisonous virtue signaling empty backstabbing shithole of an environment and samantha hugie the ad of william and mary did me the biggest favor of my life she tipped me over the edge to never work for anyone ever again ever <laughs> and that was October 2020 and here we are <clears throat> hearing you talk about no your illness was knowing more than everybody how were you able to subdue that because earlier you were able to talk about how well you were able to work with the throwers coach like what was it about them was it because that person was so well knowledgeable or you know looking back on that It's kind of tongue in cheek. I 
you know, it's funny actually. So the, the job that I didn't want to talk about because it was such a fucking disaster was uh, Sydney Roosters in the NRL and money to burn richest rugby organization in Australia. I remember they used to put on a, a, a lunch every Friday for us before the game. And it would be like 10 K a week. What? So they, they were doing, you know, a quarter of a mil in lunches. It, it was, <laughs> we were living the life anyway. They had enough money to keep these clinical psychologists uh, on staff. So everybody in the organization, you had to go speak to the psychs. They would, you know, do psychometrics. They would hand the information up to everyone above you in the management. This person's good at this. This is their personality. They work well with this, blah, 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 blah. So they can effectively get like a psychological understanding of the people in their organization. And I think it's, it must be rare for them because they pulled out the thing and they said, explain this. (laughs) So I was, you know, it's out of a hundred. I don't know. I was like a five for self-esteem and a 99 for desire to compete and self-improve. So what I was also very high was self-awareness, but you know, like I tell my wife, tell some people that I work with, which is just because I'm aware of my flaws doesn't mean I give enough of a fuck to fix it. So I, I'm, I'm subject to blind spots and bias and make mistakes like everyone else. But when you go into a, uh, a situation like that with, you know, Alex Haycock, which is, I know what I know. And by that point in my career, I was smart enough to know what I didn't know. And, you know, you catch more flies with sugar than you do with shit. If you're going to a sport coach and be like, hey, I'm a complete novice at X, Y, Z in your sport. Tell me what you would like. And then you throw in, oh, Bondachuk. And hey, I've been watching this video of Werner Gunther. And oh, man, weren't weren't these East Germans crazy? Oh, look, this was the last guy to set a world record with the glide rather than the rotational technique. People will open up to that, and then you establish that working relationship. <clears throat> Anybody listening right now? I mean, if if he if he can do it, based off what he just said, like there, find a way to get that done too. But that leads into my next question: Do you think it helped you or hurt you that, spite of I'm going to prove these people wrong, I'm going to get it done? Looking back, was it a good thing? Was it a bad thing? You you can Google this. Angelina Jolie has a trashy tattoo that translates to that which nourishes me, destroys me. And it actually ties into my first mentor, Ian Taplin, who I still, you know, I think I spoke to last week. He said, you're, you know, unchecked, your greatest strength always ends up becoming your greatest weakness because you rely so heavily on it. You tip over into making mistakes and you haven't plugged the holes and address the weaknesses that aren't your strengths. So everyone tends to have a set of traits that fuels them, but you, you still need to be balanced and keep them in check. So no question, there have been times in my career, career where being combative, being derisive, not taking things seriously, my sense of humor, upset people, stuff, stuff like that. The question is, on balance, would I have got to that stage without those traits? And would the quality of my work suffered? So, I'll, you know, he's not in that system anymore right now. Des Ryan, Arsenal Football Club. After the 2015 World Cup, he invited me in to present to the staff at Arsenal Football Club. And he said, basically... 
in an email back and forth, he said, you're obviously too controversial that you would never end up working at Arsenal Football Club. And also because you, you're vocally against the Olympic lifts and we do the Olympic lifts. And I felt like saying, but you have heard of me. <laughs> so there, there's, a, there's a cost to that. Um, fuck, I'll let history decide whether it helped me or not. Speaking of history, do you think it's good that you like the amount of things in countries you've seen and, and all the experiences you've had, like, again, looking back, is that something that you wish you did or didn't have? Is that something that you want for the future for your son? Like looking back on it, like that's a lot of life experiences in a short amount of time. 